Man, good to have you here today. Man, thanks so much for being part of Local. If I've not met you yet, my name is Brian Haas. I'm the pastor here, and uh, I say it just about every single week. I love what we get to do together. You guys sounded beautiful, by the way. We mentioned this uh, maybe last week or the week before. Um, part of worship is not just you praising God and you singing to God and you giving God your heart. It's us doing that together. And man, it's powerful when you just slow down for a moment and listen to the room around you and listen to the people around you. Uh, it's not about being on tune. Uh, that's why there's not a lot of people that sit next to me. Um, but it's not about being on tune. It's about having a heart that's directed towards God. And we get to do that together. So love that. Two things I want to let you know about before we jump into our Bible teaching series. I mentioned these last week. At the end of this month, we have something called Open House. We'd love to have you be part of this. It's a chance for you to get to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes, meet our team, meet my family talk with some of our other pastors, and just kind of hear what is local church about? What does it mean to be part of the local church family here? So you can use that QR code right there or the QR code that's at your seat. There's a sticker somewhere around your seat. Scan that. Register for uh, Open House. We'll take care of your kids. We'll feed you lunch. We'll be together right at an hour, 1230 to 130, and uh, just give you a little bit more information about church. So for many of you, that's a great next step. You've been hanging out here. You've been around, and you've got some questions. You want to know a little bit more. This is a wonderful next step for you, and we only do this a, a few times a year. This will be our last one of this year, and then we'll do another one uh, towards the end of January. Then this week, like everybody say this week. This week, we have our first night of prayer and worship, and we are pumped about it. We're excited about it. Um, want you here for that if you can, but it's not just you. Uh, families, we want your family here. So we don't have kids ministry. We don't have student ministry. We want to worship in the same room together, pray in the same room together with the generations. So if you've got a toddler and you're all worried, like, I don't know, like they're probably going to cry, that's okay, doesn't bother us in the slightest. We'll have some seating out in the lobby and stuff if you do need to kind of come in and out. Uh, but we want to be able to do this as a church family, not just the adults. Uh, growing up, I don't know if you ever heard it called like big church. Did you hear this? Yeah. This is a big church. Uh, this is church. And so we want to have church as a family. So whether that's just you, whether that's some friends you bring with you, some other family members, uh, we are looking forward to it. We'd love to be able to do that with you. So that's this Wednesday, starting at six o'clock. We'd love to have you be here for it. So we're in this series, and I give this preface every single time uh, because I know that we all forget things, is we're in a Bible teaching series where we're looking at these internal battles, these internal struggles. Paul even used the language of war within. I have this battle within me, and I don't know what to do with all these struggles. So we've talked about depression and stress, worry, anxiety, sin, temptation, discouragement, disappointments, feeling under pressure, feeling overwhelmed, fear, like all those things that we deal with and we're not sure what to do with them. So we've been looking at specific passages where people in the Bible dealt with those. And what we see is God doesn't snap his fingers and fix the problem. We see God meet them where they are and then lead them through that. So that's what we've been looking at. And there's four things that I'm always wanting to encourage you as we go through specifically this Bible teaching series is to pray and pray a lot. Like we as a, as a not just as a, a pastoral team here at church, but we have a great prayer team. Thank you for letting us pray for you. Like it's been awesome seeing the prayer requests just shoot up, right? That doesn't mean, oh man, a lot of people have more problems. It's no, you're willing to share them with us. 
right? We always had, we've always had those struggles, but our prayer team is overjoyed that we get to partner with you and intercede for you and pray on your behalf. So keep them coming. Pray and pray a lot. Be in your Bible. That's the second one. Uh, the passages that we read on Sunday, like write them down or go back and rewatch or something, but jump back in those passages throughout the week. We're spending 30 minutes on a section of scripture. I believe there's a lot more that God wants to show you and teach you and remind you on your own throughout the week. So keep being in his word and you can study what we've been studying on Sundays. Third one is to use our next step team. We have a prayer team, a next step team that they hang out after service every single Sunday right up here up front and they're here for you. And I don't want you to feel like you have to walk through these internal struggles alone. Yes, it is your burden. We can't take those away from you, but scripture tells us we are to carry them with you. So that's us as a church helping you carry your burden. So take us up on it. Talk and pray with somebody after service. And the last one is we say counseling is a sign of strength, not weakness. And so if counseling is a next step for you, man, I think that's a great next step. Allow God to speak through other people and allow them to speak into your own life. So if you're not sure where to start, here's what you can do. Info us, info at localchurchdawson.com. Send us an email. We will send you back some great partners in ministry that are great counselors in the local area. They are not on staff with us, but man, we love the ministry that they're doing and we will help connect you to the right counselor for your season, your stage, um, and the specialty that you're looking for. So all that's available, all that's hopefully very helpful as we go through this series. Let me read out of Romans chapter 15. We'll pray and then we'll look at our passage for this morning. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Paul's referencing that he just quoted a a scripture out of Psalm, and he says this about not just the Psalms, but about the scriptures that we look at, the scriptures that we look at and we call Old Testament now. Verse 4, Paul says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. I bring that up because that's been my prayer for you going into this, this Sunday, prayer for you this week is that as we open God's word, I pray that God is always teaching you something, not through me, but through his Holy Spirit, showing you and revealing and and helping you lean in, maybe even reminding you, pray that we learn something today. But this next part is super crucial, that they were written in scriptures to also look, give us hope and encouragement as we wait and wait and wait for things to go the way that God has promised. Waiting is the hard part, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So that's my prayer, that you would learn something, but you would also find hope and encouragement in what we're going to study together today. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is alive and active. Thank you that, it, that you continue to speak to us, that you are a God that is active in our lives and that you intervene in our lives. You're not just a distant God that watches from afar, but you are here now with us. And as believers, you've given us the gift of your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you, would you open our eyes to your word this morning? Would you teach us? Would you remind us of the hope that we have in Jesus? Would you encourage us in the midst of these internal struggles and these battles that we're not sure what to do, but we face them daily? Would you encourage us and help us along the journey? Meet us here today. We know you are here. Meet us here and continue to lead us as we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
so it would have been, I guess, two weeks ago, um, we, our kids uh, had fall break. So parents that know what fall break is, it's a break in the middle of the fall that it's not necessary uh, because that just means it messes everything else up. I kid, like we do enjoy it, but it means we have to start all over again, which means all right, let's restart getting up early and they get used to vacation. So we do love it. We do love it. I do complain a little bit, but we do love it. So fall break, a couple weeks ago, we took our kids up into the mountains, went just to a cabin up in Suches where we were away from everything. No cell service, barely any power. Like it was just great to get away for a little bit. And uh, we were up there for a few days. Day one was awesome, fun, uh, watched movies, played games, played outside. It was great. Day two comes and about halfway, if I remember right, about halfway through the day, my kids just swarm, swarm us in, in the living room. And they're like, Dad, did you do something? And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, we're just all hanging out. Everything's relaxed and chill. Like, all the TVs just went off. And I'm like, okay, well, like, try turning them back on. We did. I was like, and? They're not working. It says there's no Wi-Fi connection. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, like, the Wi-Fi probably went out. Like, we're up in the mountains, like, it's not very reliable. And you should have seen my kids' faces. Not reliable? Why didn't you share this with us before we came up here into the middle of nowhere? Like, they couldn't believe it. So they immediately went and we tell them to be problem solvers, so they went into problem solver mode. Like, well, like, how do we fix this? What do we need to restart and reset? It's like, guys, man, I really don't care, and I have no idea. It's not my place. It's not my house. I have no idea. I don't have cell service to call and ask, so you're just going to have to figure something out. That is not acceptable, Dad. We will find it. I'm like, well, see if you can find the router. I didn't tell them what it looked like. It's like, see if you can find the router. They went to every room and looked for anything with blinking lights on it. And they're like, Dad, we found this. No, nope, that's not it. Oh, we found this. That's the thermostat. We found this. They're looking all over the place. They actually finally found it. It was in the living rooms, like 10 feet from me. And so they actually found it. We found it. And I'm like, guys, the best I can do is like unplug it, plug it back in. We'll see how it goes. And they're just huddled watching this thing. And so I unplug it, count to 30-ish, plug it back in, and the lights are blinking. It's like, okay, you're looking for the lights to turn green. They're just glued. Well, the lights never turn green. Like, Dad, so what do we do now? How do we fix this? And I'm like, guys, you're not gonna be able to fix it. Do you know what this means? And I'm like, what? You're gonna have to go outside <laughs> and play. It'll be fine. Right? And they just couldn't wrap their heads around it. There's a word that describes how they felt for the rest of our trip. They we had a great time. We went out and played. It was awesome. They got bug bites. It was good. It was good for them to be outside. But the word that described that moment is this word right here. Let me put it up. Frustrated. Here's the actual definition of frustrated. I did not make these up. Frustrated, literally. To bang one's head against the wall. To continue trying to do something that seems hopeless. That was them for a while. Well, how do we get this back on? How do we get the Wi-Fi to work? How do we get the TVs to work? What are we going to do? I mean, it was just like, whatever we do is just not working. For the record, I had prayerfully planned this message before I watched the Braves game last night. Just to be clear, just to be clear, it's a happy coincidence that we're talking about frustration after that game last night. You're just, there wasn't a lot of laughter there. Still too soon? Too soon? Sorry, my bad. This will be good for all of you then, right? You're just trying to get something. You're trying to accomplish something. You're trying to attain something, and it's just not working. No matter how hard you try, it's just not working working. So we can laugh about the frustrations of Wi-Fi not working. 
We can laugh about the frustrations of traffic, of just like, oh, why is this happening? We can laugh about the frustrations of a sports team not playing to their potential. We can laugh about the frustrations of waiting in line. We can laugh about those, right? We're still frustrated, but we can laugh at them. There's some other frustrations that I have no doubt that you have that we don't laugh about. It's trying to overcome that addiction and you are just trying your hardest and you are just trying and trying and you've been working on it and working on it and it's just not working and it just seems to pull you back every single time. Instead of a breakthrough, you find yourself backsliding. We don't really laugh about that one. What about restoring relationships? You've got a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a marriage, whether it's with parents or with kids, and you're just trying to break through to them. You are trying to make this work, and you're just not seeing any results. Maybe it's your financial situation where you're just trying to get out of this pit of debt. Regardless of how you got into it, you are just trying, and and everything you do seems like it's never enough. You can never break through that wall of financial debt. And when we keep talking on and on and on, I think you get where I'm going with this. There's something that you desire. There's something that you want. There's something that you've planned for. There's maybe a promise of God, and you just find yourself hitting that wall, and it's just not working. That is called frustrated. And we know this about frustrations. We know that frustrations start internally, where they start on the inside, and it doesn't take long for those frustrations to just come pouring out. It doesn't take long for what we struggled on the inside to then start devastating the lives on our outside. So here's what we're gonna do. As we go through our passage this morning, I need to preface uh, the story and the passage we're gonna look at does not use the word frustrated or frustrating, but I think it's a wonderful glimpse into to our lives when we just keep hitting this wall. There's something the Israelites are gonna be trying to get to, and there's truly, in their case, a physical wall that's in the way. So that's what we're gonna look at as we go through it. Be thinking of what that is for you. What are you trying to move towards? What are you trying to break through? But it seems like no no matter how hard you try, you just keep hitting the wall. So if you got your Bibles, Joshua chapter six. Old Testament, Joshua chapter 6, as you're getting there, let me give you a little context. Uh, The Israelites had been in Egypt as slaves. God used Moses to deliver them out of Egypt. Let my people go is what he told Pharaoh. They wander around the desert for about 40 years. Um, They have their highs, they have their lows, and everywhere in between. Now God has tapped Joshua on the shoulder and says, Joshua, now you are going to be my leader. Moses is gone. Now it's your turn. You're going to lead my people into the promised land. But there's something in the way. There's a big wall in the way. There's a problem in the way, Joshua, and you're going to have to lead people into this problem before you get a breakthrough and get into the promised land. So as we kind of talk through Joshua's story with the Israelites, that's the scene, that's the context. There's truly for them a literal wall in the way. Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 1, here's how the scene gets set up. It says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, God's words to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. That sounds great. Here's Joshua 
leading his entire, his people, this entire nation of Israel, which this whole leadership thing is still relatively new to Joshua. He's kind of been a military man as far as we can tell. Now he's stepping into this pretty big leadership role and there's a problem. There's a big problem. There's a city with tall walls and shut gates. It's a fortified city and he can't get through it, has to get through it in order to get to the promised land. And so God gives him a great promise. I've already given it to you. Victory is already yours through me. Like that sounds great. The problem is what we would see and what God sees looks very different here. So what we would see is the gates of Jericho were tightly shut, tall walls, strong gates, a fortified city. That's what we would see. That's what Joshua would have seen. But God says, that's not what I see. I see walls that are already crumbled down. I see gates that are already opened up for you. I see a city that's already defeated. And this can even be frustrating, where what we see doesn't match up with what it seems like God would say or what God sees. Or think of it in this way, what, what you see and what God sees is not always the same. I might even venture to say is usually not, not the same. Right? What we hear God promise and how we hear God, God work through scriptures and how he continues to work today, we're looking at a situation that says, that's not what I see. I don't see victory. I see a, a no-win situation. I don't see a wall broken down. I see a huge wall that I have no chance of ever breaking through. I don't see an opportunity for growth. I just see difficulty. What we see and what God sees are often very, very different. And that immediately can cause some frustrations. So then God gives them the plan. So what we see is a little different. Then God begins to explain. So here's how you're going to be able to break through this wall. Here's how what I see is going to actually happen. Verse 3, here's the plan. God says, you and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. That's God's great plan. I know what you see, Joshua, is a tall wall and fortified gates. What you see, Joshua, is a city that seems undestructible. So here's how you're going to navigate through that wall that you cannot get through. You're going to march, not fight. You're going to march. You're not just going to march. You're going to march in circles on Monday and then on Tuesday and then on Wednesday and on Thursday. The entire week, you're for six days, you're just going to march around this city one time. Then we're going to change it up. On the seventh day, you're going to march a little bit more because you're not tired enough. We're just going to have you march seven more times on the last day. And then at that point, you're going to blow some horns and then you're going to give a shout. And Joshua, when you shout, when you and all the Israelites shout, those walls are going to come crumbling down. Isn't that a great idea, Joshua? Probably a good thing that God did not ask Joshua the question. Joshua, isn't that a great idea? I came up with that all by myself. Like that's not a plan that Joshua would have come up with. That is not a plan that Joshua and his other generals would have sat around the table and like, all right, we've got Jericho on this other side. We need to get through the walls. What's our best plan to get through these walls? How do we break through these walls? None of them are going to come up with a plan that involves marching in circles around the town for multiple days and then yelling. Like that's not what he would have come up with. It's not what we would have come up with. But that's the plan that God came up with. 
So here's what I want to do with, with the rest of our time this morning. For Joshua and the Israelites, this was a very real problem with a very real wall, and God gave them that specific plan to march in circles and then shout. Here's what I want to do. I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into God's plan for the Israelites, but we're going to take it literally, and then we're going to move it into the space of in our lives and, and, and see what God's plan might say like metaphorically to us. So in other words, what does it mean for us to march? What does it mean for us to not just march, but march around and again and again in circles literally seven days a week? What does that look like? What does it mean for us to shout? I mean, you can't just, every time you get frustrated, just go, ah! It didn't fix anything. Sometimes that actually makes it worse. <laughs> so like, what does it mean for us to then shout? And please hear, this is not a formula. This was a promise and an instruction specifically given to Joshua. So it's not follow these three things and watch all of the walls of your frustrations come tumbling down. No, remember, God meets us where we are and he helps us get led through them. So that's what I'm hoping for, that as we talk through the marching in circles and shouting, it's not a here's how I fix my problems. It's here's how I walk through them. Does that make sense? Not if you're hearing me a little bit. So don't just start walking around in circles every time you get frustrated. That's called pacing. Uh, that's actually stressful at times. So uh, we're talking metaphorically. Let's move it over. So let's talk through those three things. The marching, in circles every day, and then shouting. Marching. We all know what marching looks like, right? It's very structured. It's very organized. If you're in the military, there's correct ways to march. It's not just the right way to march. Notice you do this with a large group, and it keeps everyone in sync. Everyone's marching at the same pace. There's the right rhythm. The main thing I would want you to hear about the march is you do not set your own pace, Right? That would be walking or running or jogging or skipping, that you set your own pace. But when we march, we are marching in sync with our leader. We are matching their pace and their cadence. So when we find ourselves frustrated because we cannot seem to break through these walls and we're frustrated and that's how we begin to feel and we begin to act and think differently because of those frustrations, maybe the first place we go is, I'm supposed to march. What does it mean to march? Follow God and stay in step with him. Most, if not all, of our frustrations come from a place of selfishness, if we're really honest, right? I'm not saying they're, they're wrong. Like, man, if you're wanting to restore your marriage, like, that's not necessarily selfish. That's a good thing. But it is rooted in something I want or something that I think. And we get frustrated when what I want doesn't happen when I want it. If we were to boil our frustrations down, it usually ends up into that category. What I want isn't happening when and the way that I want it. And so instead of being frustrated, what if we began marching and saying, okay, God, what do you want? What is your pace? What is your rhythm? What is your direction? What does it mean to follow God, but not just say, yeah, 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 I love you and I follow you, but to follow him and match his pace? Which, by the way, God's pace can be frustrating at times. His timing can even be frustrating at times. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes this. I think it speaks to the marching aspect of our faith. Verse 15, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And look at verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I love that. Don't act thoughtlessly. 
Don't just run around at your own pace. It's God, what do you desire from me? What do you desire for me? Can I walk and take steps and march to match your pace and your cadence and your rhythm? It's not marching to the beat of my own drum. It's marching to the beat of his drum. What does it look like for us in the midst of our frustrations to align ourselves with God? I'd say that's the very first thing we have to do. Align ourselves with God, not just the things that we're frustrated at, right? So that's marching. They didn't just march one time. And notice they didn't even march to a destination. God told Joshua and the Israelites, march around the city. One time, but every single day. And then you're gonna do it seven times on the very last day. Can you imagine how exhausting that would be, especially when you don't see any results? Like I could imagine, like let's say Monday morning you get up, Joshua just tells you this crazy plan and you're like, well, we've seen like God do some crazier things, so let's give it a shot. And you get out there on Monday and you do your lap and you're like, man, this was great. We were marching, we were gonna make a difference. This is gonna work. And you finish, you're like, all right, all right. I don't see any cracks in the wall yet, but it's only Monday. Then you get up and you start Tuesday and you make your second lap. Do you really think this is going to work? Could you imagine some of the side conversation while you're marching? Do you think this is going to actually work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Joshua said, God said so. And again, God's done crazy, th- crazier things. All right, all right, all right. Wednesday, hard part of the week, Wednesday. You get to Wednesday and you're marching. And you're like, this is stupid. <laughs> Somebody should tell Joshua. Who, who's his best friend? Like, who's talking with him? Has anybody double-checked? Like, this is actually what God said? Are you sure? Because I would have thought by Wednesday we would start to see some, some crumbles of the wall start coming down. Like, maybe at least a section of the wall might start to shake a little bit. But this isn't working. Thursday. Okay, I am doing this no more. I am sick of it. I'm tired of it. This is dumb. Like, we're wasting our time. This is pointless. And you get to Friday. You get to Saturday. Think of the morale. Because as they're marching, they're seeing nothing change. I think it's the hardest part. As they're marching, they see no results. They see no change. It'd be different if, man, the wall started to crack. Oh, it's working. Let's march again tomorrow. We don't have any evidence that anything was changing. Nothing seemed to be working. Galatians chapter 6, Paul writes these words, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Such a, such a great passage, but such an ambiguous passage. Keep marching, keep doing what's right, keep staying aligned with God. And at just the right time, not your timing, but at just the right time, well, according to who? God, remember, we're marching with his pace and his rhythm and his cadence then we will see some results. But it's not going to be necessarily what we were hoping for, wanting for, and definitely not within the time frame that we were expecting. Here's another way to look at this. Here's how I would summarize Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Is it's continued obedience and faithfulness without immediate results. And that is a hard place to be. Where you are continuing to march, you are continuing to obey, you are continuing to be faithful, you continue to align yourself with God's will, you continue to align your life with God's word, but it just doesn't seem to be working. I'm not seeing results. I've been doing this every day and nothing seems to change. Continued obedience and faithfulness without immediate results is a difficult place to be. 
Paul even uses that phrase. He's like, if we don't give up. And I think this is where we start to give up. And me included, I, th I think we give up a little too soon because we want to see those quick results. Well, I tried eating healthy, which I've been to Chick-fil-A a lot more. I think preaching that message on Chick-fil-A made me eat Chick-fil-A more. With the, I even got my kid to try the pimento cheese sandwich. And he's like, Dad, it was pretty good. I was like, pretty good? You're not my son. Um, anyway, so we say things like, no, I'm going to try to like eat healthier. I'm going to try to do the healthy thing. But it didn't work, so I stopped going to the gym and I stopped eating right. Oh, well, how long did you do it? A couple days. Well, you might need to give it a little bit more time, time than that. Yeah, I tried the counseling thing. Me and my spouse, we went to counseling, didn't seem to work. Well, how often did you go? Once. Okay, like, great first step, but you got to like keep leaning in. Yeah, I just, you know, I've just learned to live with my addiction. It's just ne nothing's really ever helped. Oh, have you ever tried like celebrate recovery or AA or NA? Yeah, 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 I've been. How, how often do you go? I've been like once or twice. Once again, like, uh, you know, we gave church a shot. Like, we, we heard that church, like, actually helps you in your life and that you learn about God's love and how God's love is, is, is lived out in other people's lives and how it impacts and all that we learn. Like, man, that, but it just didn't work for us. Really? Like, what church you go to? How long have you been going? No, we went once. No, I love that you came once, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, often we give up so quick because we're wanting the immediate Results, continued obedience and faithfulness without immediate results. That's the idea of walking in circles, marching in circles. Quick thing before I move on on this one. Um, the downside to what we have to deal with, Joshua and the Israelites, they had an actual time frame laid out for them. Do this for six days, and then here's what you're going to do in the seven days, here's what's going to happen. We don't have that. It'd be a lot easier if I would say, I know that thing that you're frustrated with and, and your finances or with your marriage or with your relationships or at work, six days of marching, it'll take care of all of it. Doesn't work that way. Metaphorically, if we translate, translate that over, it's seven days a week. We march seven days a week and we do so not always expecting immediate results. So just a little uplifting encouragement for you as you go through your day to day. The third part we see, let me read it again in verse 5. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Now, if you've been around me long enough, I've got some favorite words. Uh, splagnitsomai is one of those words. That means compassion. We'll talk about that later, probably in November. This is another one. Anybody remember the word for shout in the Hebrew? There it is. Yes, my people. Yes. This is such a good word, and you can't just, like, talk about it. You have to experience it. So as cheesy as this is going to sound, I need you to say ruah with me. Say ruah. Ruah. Lame. I knew that was coming. No, it's ruah. Ready? Say it again. Ruah. Yes. Man, it just sounds and feels good to say ruah. Ruah, if you didn't know this, it means a victory cry. So we see that a lot in the Old Testament. In fact, let me just read a few of these. We don't just see it in battle scenes like here with Joshua. We see it a lot in Psalms. Psalm 66, shout joyful praises to God all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Psalm 95, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout ruah joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 98, shout to the Lord all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. All of Psalm 100, I'll just read the first part, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. That's ruah. And a couple things you need to know about ruah, it is not just a, ah, scared ruah. 
It's a victory. Like we have defeated, we have won our victories in him. Like that's real. It is a battle cry, but it's a victory. It's also done together. Like not just one person, Ruaz. It's, no, the whole army, the entire nation, the entire group of people, an entire congregation, an entire church, we ruah together. But I want you to pay attention to the timing here. Shout as loud as they can, ruah, then the walls of the town will collapse. Do you notice the order here? It seems out of order. It seems like we should say ruah, after the walls came tumbling down. Like, yeah, once, once those walls fell, then everybody shouted and gave a cry of victory because of what the Lord had done. Like, that makes sense to us. God told them to reverse it. God said, no, shout first, and then watch me be faithful. In other words, shout and praise God before the walls come down. Here's what I would say for us. Praise God before the breakthrough. Whatever you're just, man, I just can't seem to get past this. I can't get past this. God, I would give you all the glory if, and God, I will praise you when. Can we change our thinking and our heart posture to say, God, I'm gonna praise you while I'm beating my head against the wall. I'm gonna give you praise of victory before we've experienced a breakthrough. I'm gonna give you my praise even when that wall doesn't even have a crack in it yet. Praise God before the breakthrough. We see this in the New Testament as well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. But look at the why. Because, look, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful. Always be willing to shout with praise. We never stop praying. We keep marching in circles. And we have a grateful heart. Continue to be thankful in all circumstances because that's who God has called us to be. Not just what he's called us to do, it's what he's called us to be. So the Israelites do that. Literally, they had the literal wall, so they're walking through this. So literally they do that. They march around the city once for six days and then seven times on the seventh day. They blow the horns, they shout Ruah, and then verse 20, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could, and suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Such a great end of the story. God gave them a, a crazy plan, and God was good, God was faithful. Not to be the downer on it, it's a great ending to that part of the story, but if you were to go one chapter over in chapter seven, you're gonna see that Joshua and the Israelites now faced another problem and had some more frustrations. That one kind of gets settled and then you turn the page and you get to chapter eight and they face another problem and have to have another battle, more frustrations. Chapter nine, we see the exact same thing. Deception, frustrations, more battles, more conflict, more fighting. We can turn the page and go to chapter 10. Chapter 11, chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. We get a few like names and stuff in here. We get a few little historical things here. Do you see what ha is happening? This wasn't one and done. Joshua and the Israelites would continue, even in this victory, they would continue to find themselves in a place where they felt frustrated and dealt with conflict again and again and again and again. So they experienced a breakthrough in one area just to have another wall pop up, pop up in another area. 
and to experience a breakthrough in that space for another conflict and another wall to show up. So how do we deal with that? Marching in circles every day, seven days a week, without immediate results, praising God no matter the circumstances, when walls just keep coming, walls just keep coming. Here's what I would encourage us to remember, that our God is always with us and he never fails. And I mention that because that's what God told Joshua before all of this. If we were to go backwards to chapter one, before Joshua entered into what would be eventually known as the promised land and to deal with all the walls and battles and fights and conflicts and frustrations, you could read all of this in chapter one. It's a great passage to read. I'm gonna condense it and just read verse nine. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. This is God's word to Joshua. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Man, somebody needed that today. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. No matter the walls, no matter the frustrations, no matter the conflict, no matter the battle, God is with you and he never fails. If you were to read through the rest of chapter one, you would notice that God repeats himself a lot in this section to Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the commands that I've given you. Don't deviate to the right or to the left, but stay focused on me. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, but be strong. Be courageous. All because he is with us and he never fails. Let's put this in our laps. Like, this is a great story about Joshua and the Israelites. You might even be thinking, well, good for them. That was a lot easier for them. What am I supposed to do with this? Here's my suggestions. Here's how I take this personally. So you're getting a little insight into how Brian would interpret this for Brian's life. I think this applies to you, but at least it helps me. So when I find myself hitting against the wall, when I find myself not experiencing the breakthroughs that I was praying for or hoping for, and even think maybe I was promised, be careful, not all things we want are promised by God. But here's what I remind myself of. Here's what I will do. These are all I will statements because these are the things that I can focus on. I will follow God and stay in step with him. I will align my life with him. I will align my thoughts with him. I will align my heart with him. Even when it feels like God and I's hearts are on different pages, it's my job to align my heart with him. And I pray, God, align my heart with you. Holy Spirit, break me so that my heart would be aligned with you. I will remain faithful regardless of the results. So often we start to play this game with God where it's, well, I'll give you my life and I'll be faithful if you come through on this side. That's not how this works. That's not even a healthy relationship. Could you imagine a friendship that was based like that? Hey, we'll be friends as long as you. Like, that eh, doesn't work that way. I will remain faithful regardless of the results. My faith is not based on results. So you might say, I mean, I've been marching around this wall for years. And my encouragement to you, don't become weary in doing good, but at the right time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up, Galatians 6, 9. Remain faithful even when the results are not evident. I will praise God, period. Not I will praise God when, or not I will praise God if, I will praise God, period. In every circumstance, I will give him my praise. In every situation, I will ruah, because I know I will have victory with him. And if it doesn't feel like I'm gonna have victory here on earth, I know I'm gonna have victory with him in heaven. So I will praise God, period. 
And I will remember who God is and his promises. I will remember him, his character, who he is, but I'll also remember what he has promised. And I'll hold on to those. In the midst of banging my head against the wall, I will. So here's what I wanna do with you. I wanna give you a moment to maybe hear some truth that oftentimes gets forgotten in the middle of this. So if you would, would you close your eyes for a second? If we can pull the lights down just for a second, I'm gonna do something for you that I, I, do with, I do with me personally, and maybe this will help you too. I'm just gonna read, this is not an exhaustive list. We'd be here a lot longer. But I just wanna read who God is. Oftentimes we focus on who he's not or what we want him to be or what we want him to do. But let me just read slowly who he is. He is with me. He is strong. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is everywhere. He is involved. He is good. God is merciful. He is kind, forgiving, gracious. He is right. He is wise. He is provider. He is patient. He's perfect in every way. He is here right now. He is holy and completely set apart. No one is like him. He is love. He is enough. Still with your eyes closed, Romans 12, 12 says, we are to rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. We are to rejoice in our confident hope. Our hope is in Jesus. And no matter the frustrations we face, we remember who he is and our confidence is in him. Jesus, thank you that we can place our hope in you. Thank you that we can have confidence in you. That no matter the walls that we may be running into, no matter the difficulties that we continue to run up against, the breakthroughs we're praying for, hoping for, wishing for, working for. We know that victory only comes from you. Holy Spirit, would you help us to have the strength to march in circles every day, to align our lives with you and your heart, and to not give up, to rejoice always, and to never stop praying to continue to live our lives according to your word and your will, even when we don't see the results we want. Even sometimes with frustrations in our heart and tears in our eyes, may we lift up a shout of praise. I will praise you no matter what. So remind us of who you are. Help us to be strong and courageous and careful to obey your word, no matter what we run up against. In Jesus' name, amen.